0: Hi, welcome to Agora Community Radio, the podcast for artists in the animation industry who want to listen and learn on the go. This episode is from our A Conversation With series, where we invite pros from all walks of our industry to have a chat with us about their background and experiences, and then we finish it off with a little Q&A from the audience. You can always head on over to our website, agora.community to watch the full video, or if you just want to listen to what we think are the most interesting bits and pieces of these conversations, you can listen to the Agora Bytes clips on this channel. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Hello, hello,
1: everybody. Uh, welcome to the stream today. This is the first in a series of uh, new live content that we're doing here at Gore Community. We are uh, interviewing some, um, some uh, very interesting, very talented people in the industry throughout and uh, just having these uh, nice little catch-ups um, and uh, just talking a little bit about their lives, their careers, whatever else might come up. Uh, whether it's uh, pertinent to today and what kind of things are going on in the world or just things in general. So um, hopefully you enjoy this one. We got David Hubert and Samantha Youssef today. So I'm going to bring them in right now. We're going to have a little chat. Um, full full disclosure, we were we were just actually warming up. We were just having a little uh, chat um, about half an hour ago. So what you're about to witness is pretty much just a natural continuation of that conversation in many ways. So I hope you enjoy. Okay, there's David Hubert. Hello, everybody.
2: David. Hello, David.
1: <laughs> and Samantha Yusuf hello 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 Samantha
2: Yusuf hi Youssef.
1: how are you so um just for those who may not know you as well as David and I obviously know you uh maybe just kind of give us a bit of a background we did a bit of a write-up hopefully it did you justice <laughs> it's hard to sum up your 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 gigantic uh, career uh in in just a few words but maybe give us the highlights go ahead
3: highlights of my career yeah um, sure well, I guess it started when I was three, cause I was drawing like paused frames of Disney videos in the like beginning, then, in the beginning. <laughs> um, so in a nutshell, I went to Sheridan college's classical animation program, like others present. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and from there I went to Disney feature in uh, 2d animation, um, and spent the first like eight, 10 years of my career in classical hand drawn for as long as, you know, we could see it through basically. Um, And then uh, went into, directed some stuff at Ubisoft, uh, which was a different experience and really interesting. Um, And then have been doing a lot of actually like consulting now and training, um, working... I trained in 3D and then now, I mean, the work I'm doing now is actually a combo of 2D feature animation and 3D work where I do a lot of draw overs or even full 2D sequences that will then be referenced. Um, and I do training and body mechanics. And, yeah, I've been all over the place. You do like all the, the things. The effects to games <laughs> to feature. It's been fun. And character design right. too now because I draw. Right. So,
4: yes, of course. Um, so Samantha, I'm curious, you went right from school to Disney? Like... Right
3: I away, did. I I did <laughs> I I did I I worked at That's some awesome. places like while I was in school you know like part time jobs or whatever um like you know just like on the weekends or holidays while I was at school uh when I was in my first year at school Disney was came in and usually they I got very lucky I don't really even know how it happened but um <laughs> the they usually only review the third year the graduating students work and I guess my we had first year students we only at that time shared and had this catalog album that was like uh it's like photo it's like so crappy now if you look at it like with what we can do now but it was literally like xeroxed you know with a spiral oh, yeah. binding like oh, yeah. and I and, have mine I I have I should, I, I should, have, I should have brought it. it, it, it up like, oh man! <laughs> have we
2: have to get <laughs> it. It's
3: like <laughs> so. It's so crappy, right? It's like oh, Xerox. And so we, as as first year students, we would have a two page spread.
1: That's it. And so
3: I think like, that's what, you know, got me my interview because we didn't have a, a setup or we weren't in the job thing, but Disney actually of the five people they were interviewing that year, I was one of the five and I got offered a position at Disney in my first year um but as a layout artist so in the in that in the 2d days for anyone that doesn't know a layout Mm. artist would have been someone that draws the backgrounds and stuff and i was like no i want to be a character animator and i thought it would be better to see school through and not you know um i was and it was a stressful decision at the time because disney was my dream and i thought what if i blew my only chance for sure but fortunately not the case and apparently like they had there that i was on a file that they were like gonna look for my application when i mm. applied and um and then i got in um into disney and and it was fun <laughs>
2: like, the rest <laughs> is
4: history yeah did you felt intimidated intimidated uh, at all yeah. going oh from gosh. school to get to disney because i i, re- so I, I remember when i went uh, at DreamWorks, and, and at that point, I was like eight. I already had eight years of experience, and it still felt like, "Oh my God, what am I doing here? They're going to figure out that I'm a fraud." and Mr. Simms. Someone is, is going <laughs> to find out at some point. How, how oh was my it for gosh. you?
3: Yes, every day, like every day, like well, because I got in as an animator. Like I, I was like a junior level animator, but I was going in as a as an animator, and you know, in, in, I guess, I mean, it's so different now, the way that the, the hierarchy is like in that day, usually you would get hired as a cleanup in between, um, artist, and then you would have to do tests at Disney and train, and then you would maybe get to be a rough in betweener and then you would continue to do tests and train, and then you could maybe eventually like get some scenes to animate. So I went in without doing all of that and went in as an animator and I was definitely a lot younger, like in the 2D days, because you have to learn drawing and animation. It wasn't normal that you like most people already had families and kids like that that were my colleagues. And, you know, here I am like fresh out of school. And so socially, obviously, you're not like hanging out with everybody um, after work. And I and I also felt intimidated even on a social level, you know, to to say to people like I really felt scared that I was going to lose this job like every day I felt terrified for the longest time like I think honestly I think even it was only till after Disney that I felt like I offered value to the like that I actually could see that I had some value to offer to the productions or you know or whatever but while I was there honestly every day I felt like um (laughs) this I my was my last gonna, day. Oh, oh my gosh. Totally. I, I really felt like it was like the biggest imposter syndrome like ever. And I don't even that's know it. how my scenes got through. Like I was like, I, I, I was terrified. I was, I really, I can go back mm. to that place. Like already I'm getting stressed. Yeah, that's it. It <laughs> she's, she's, she's,
1: she's breaking out in hives right now. We got to, okay, that's it. Interview's over. I don't want to, <laughs> so just, just to qualify something. Cause I mean, I, I did go to Sheridan as well. And, in mm-hmm. we, we went, around a, a similar time. I can't remember where, what year you, you were there. I think it was what are you maybe talking just- a... I went
3: like last year, Brent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> obviously,
1: obviously. I mean, obviously. Um, careful, Brent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't incriminate myself without also incriminating you. Okay, so- what let's just pretend that you never went to to Sheridan college i when i was there back in the day that you know other people like myself that may or may not be a part of this conversation also went in the you know it was back then there it was like the gold rush like it was weird the 2d industry at that time we were experiencing one of the biggest rises in the industry like we were seeing 2d animation set up uh, sorry in 2d animation industries or studios set up all over the place. We had even one in Toronto, like Disney shut, set up a shop right right in downtown Toronto. And they were doing direct to video back then, not to date myself too bad, but direct to VHS back then (laughs) video on like sequels of a lot of their content. Like that was one of the things they were specializing in. And they were there from, I don't remember how long they were there, but it felt like they were there and then disappeared the next day because right at that same time when it was just skyrocketing, they were they were looking everywhere. So people that were coming out of these schools that were that were standout and like, you know, talent, like uber talented, they were getting snatched up fast. Well, yeah, because Disney
3: I'm, came to our school, right? Yeah, which that's I it. Think they were actively really looking. Yeah. They anymore. were
1: scouting. They were looking for you. They needed someone who knew how to draw, knew mm-hmm. like, knew, knew how to get the job done. And they weren't worried about you knowing all of the things. They just needed to know that you had a good attitude and you knew how to yeah. work hard and you were you were talented. That's all those are the they those three things, check all those boxes, hire, hire that person immediately. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy
3: i feel like i got in like that was my only disappointment by the time i graduated i think that toronto studio was closed and okay. there it was like the decline you know yeah, it, was it was like it, we had this peak, it dropped like, right Tarzan off and came out and then it was like yeah all of those films that like which yeah. i love like i still really love treasure planet and there yeah, but all those films were like in the like they it was just this era that 2d just yep. started fading out and it was that's telling, right and i think you know their storytelling yep. was taking a different direction that the audience totally. wasn't really responding to yeah and yep. and it was really like I felt like I had just missed the boat and I was coming out of school feeling really That's worried because right. totally. they weren't they like, and it, it happened in such a short time. They yep. literally stopped. They were not hiring as much. Overnight. Like it yep. was, yeah. Like literally like yep. even for me, when I, when I went to Disney, I don't know any of my classmates that got yep. into feature that year, like feature yep. That's it. period, yep. you know, yep. like
2: yep. Um,
3: any studio. And so, yeah, it was really like a big shift and, <clears throat> and, and then, you know I mean for anyone that's seen my IMDb or whatever like a a lot of the films that I started working on as a full animator like I had in like done some little things here and there but it was all sequels at that point too like it started Mm -hmm. off being like this like they stopped making all this original content for a while and it wasn't until like even even when we got into like the higher end content again it was like the winnie the pooh movie or the tigger movie or like um it wasn't and nothing those are great movies it's just that it wasn't like tarzan or lion king it wasn't like that kind of a thing and um yeah it but it really took like it's almost like not as bad, but like what happened in the '80s, you know, where it's yep. like, like, totally. it just um, like if they if Little Mermaid hadn't come out, this the studio was going to close, and totally, and that I feel like it took that dip, and then it was the transition into 3D that that's it, sort of, yeah, that, that's reinvented it, reinvented Disney again.
1: That's what I was going to yeah. say like to provide a little bit of context that's what was happening like they do mm-hmm. the, the new kid on the block with its with their shiny new bicycle that no one's <laughs> yeah. ever seen before they that that was 3D 3D had showed up yeah. it, it had big promises of making things look shinier and fancier and be more beautiful with all this like and 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 also mo- possibly much more importantly to get the same caliber of look with all cuz to do things in 2D mm-hmm. with like layers of shading and highlights to make so things feel short. a bit more 3D extremely expensive because you have like armies of people that have to do these things on layers by hand on top of everything. So 3D was a promise that like was was meant to change and revolutionize everything yeah. and it happened, it took the industry completely well, by storm.
3: And I think and I'm going to say this very tactfully because I don't <laughs> want this to come out uh, in an like a way that i think one medium is better than the other but i think mm. that there is because i think once you're working in the industry the level of training and experience you have it's the same across the board mm. but i think in terms of entry-level accessibility mm. yeah in 2d you had to under everything that people yep. are learning in 3d arcs uh timing body mechanics mm-hmm. like everything that you have to know as an animator you had to know that in 2d but you don't have a rig you have to draw that and not right. only do you have to draw it and i think there's Again, I won't speak for everyone. My experience is that some people misinterpret and think that in 2D you can cheat a lot of things or get away with things, but we literally had to draw it like as if it was the rig we had to understand how to control uh, controlling your drawings and just drawing are two different things and so 100 the level of mastery like like i mean again i'm eternally grateful for how i got into the industry but it there is a reason that it takes most people seven Mm. years before they became an animator at disney in in hand-drawn feature and you had to master both now people definitely specialize in their areas and that's why I, I don't I didn't mean that to sound like like oh a 2d animator is a better animator no, no, than no. a 3d animator or something it's just that that you don't have to learn to draw and animate in 3d yep. like if yep. you you know so it's totally it, it's like a different. It was a different thing, and I think for that to get people that are trained that way to get that level of like of, of amount of people to create yeah. the projects that they're creating, it's certainly more accessible. But I say yeah. that, I say that like carefully because it's you know yeah, it's yeah. still challenging yeah, for sure. Uh, no matter what, but it's it's just that it does take like you know, you, you like in two D you can't animate until you can draw it's like exactly. having a rig that it's doesn't a work it's a yeah, barrier yeah. but i'd yeah. say that the flip side is once you've mastered the drawing and and i think anybody can master it with enough learning dedication everything yep. it's it's a technical thing but I will say now that once I've like when you've mastered it and you can literally draw anything from any angle, rigs drive me nuts. Like, because I'm like, because <laughs> you're limited by who built the rig or how 100%. or the software. And sometimes the, it's not even that the 2D is cheating. It's that the mm-hmm. rig is not capable of yeah. doing something yeah. like that. And if you can draw it, you can draw it. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just interesting. It's different. <laughs>
4: yeah. It's almost like it's two different part of your brain that have to, uh, kind of collaborate when you're uh, working in, in, in 3D, the technical aspect of it and the creative uh, one as well. You mentioned yeah. something that was uh, very uh, interesting when you got to Disney this uh, in, imposter uh, syndrome that, you know, it's pretty much by the time that you left Disney that you felt <laughs> quote unquote confident enough to think that, well, I think I did g- good work when, when I was there. <laughs> and, and that's something I've, I've heard from, that's something I've experienced myself. I'm sure yeah. that Brent did. Uh, as well, and, that, and that's a something that's no, different. I a know lot. I'm an
1: imposter. No,
4: <laughs> I, I, I just know that I am. It's not Perfect. an imposter syndrome. That's the next evolution of it. Is, of, that is, it good. is. you're up. I, I, I self-awareness.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Awesome, that's right. But that's something that I've heard from a lot of animators, uh, and maybe it's just you know because I was mostly surrounded by animators, but I always had the impression that animators felt more vulnerable or having this imposter syndrome than other uh, artistic uh, expertise or uh, at least professional uh do, do you agree and do you any idea why that, that that might be
3: that's actually a really interesting thing because i've i've definitely like i guess in a way animation is like my second industry in a sense because i i came from a ballet background um whereas obviously i didn't see that through past like college level but mm-hmm. it's been interesting to observe different creative industries i i yeah, I think there is a bigger level of insecurity. I I think it's because, I don't know, it's an interesting, i like, I'm like trying to think now. Like, it's, I mean, I, first of all, I just want to say I feel really relieved, selfishly, to hear you say that about yourself <laughs> and your work, too. Because, like, I'm glad, like, I mean, I, you know, you've done such incredible work. And I, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm glad that you felt like that also. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's you know it's a funny thing because we we okay I guess because you know we were talking about this before I I will say it in the sense that my experience in ballet dancers like you know unlike the media that likes to dramatize things for the sake of like selling a show or a concept uh, I found that ballet dancers are so not jealous of each other, so not competitive, so not uh, I mean competitive in a way of like achievement in like achieving your best, but not about mm-hmm. stepping on other people or putting other people yeah. down or that, you know, they the, like Less if somebody,
4: comparing the Yeah, like other. if
3: somebody else gets a great role in a production that you wanted to get you're just like, that's amazing. So happy for you. That's brilliant. Like everyone genuinely is it. And I think like, it's an interesting thing because you are working as individual artists, but you're so aware of the team work involved, like that you are there because of a team and, and that it's about all of you working together. And there's some kind of camaraderie and I guess, cause it's so like, you know, you know, and I can't even speak for it as having like followed through that career. like, But my friends that are in Les Grand Ballets and stuff, like the way that they are with each other and the, the you know, they work so hard and they really are like a family. Um, and I think in animation, even though we are like teamwork, there is this kind of feeling of being on your own sometimes, mm. I think, you know, yeah. like people feel like they're not doing well enough and they're kind of left to f- like, or they feel like they're left to figure it. I mean, I, I can say that from, I'll speak for myself. I felt like any issues I had, I really was left on my own to try to figure it out that I, that I would get kicked out if I revealed that vulnerability or that, um, like, and I don't know if it's maybe even just that the, the way that the for lack of a better term, the social dynamic of how things are in the industry. Because I, I feel like even, okay, obviously, I, like I do ballet every day, but I'm obviously not keeping up with my friends. They're in the Ballet. Like I'm not going to pretend or insult them that like I'm at the same level. But I never feel embarrassed to do mm-hmm. dance classes with them, even though I know that I'm not at their level of athleticism. I never even feel insecure about it or feel like I have I, I have to earn my place to be there. Because I do feel like there's this underlying just like, we just value each other as people and I, I I I guess for me I can speak only for myself but I guess because in animation maybe there's always been a part of me at least then or to a certain extent that felt like we're only valued for being an animator and not that it's just who we are as a person that brings value I
4: mm-hmm. don't
3: know
2: I I am yeah, I mean, uh,
3: I... speaking very generally and very broad this is like a very
4: yeah, I know it's yeah, all. Good. that's a very broad subject, but uh, but I think you touched on something that is very very interesting. Animation is, you know, if I compare to photography, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, the reason I love photography is that within a few seconds it happened. You have the 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 the, the picture, uh, and animation you can work for days or weeks. <laughs> so you put your yes. art and soul into something that after three weeks might be like. Eh not not amazing i mean mm-hmm. the shot you did yeah. before was great but this one ah, not so great and then you're in dailies in front of 30 people that all going to politely say
2: huh ah,
4: but yeah. you know that it's not so good mm-hmm. i don't know maybe there is this level of how much you put into it for the That's period of time and it yeah. takes so much motivation inspiration and you know i literally had like three amazing shots in a row and the fourth one i don't know i just not been able so you don't never feel that you're like all right i made it it's going to be home run from now on no you're always as good as the shot before and as you said it's almost like an individual discipline that you're all in it together for the movie but at the same time everyone is on their own side as well
3: but i think what you just said like there is term like if i can compare to the other industries that i've had experience with there is a way that we speak in animation that I don't see in other places and just like things like that. And I, I think it's meant to be motivating, you know, but people will say like, yeah, you're only as good as your last shot or you're mm-hmm. only as good. Totally, and, yeah. and and that's true across the board. Like, it's not like we only hear that in animation. Like people mm-hmm. might say that like you're only as good as your last performance or your last, like, you know, whatever. Um, but I do feel that that is a sentiment in the way that we are and again it's like that sense of self-value associated with your work and and i think as any exactly. artist in any creative field it's mm. it's difficult for an artist to separate yep themselves I... as a person from the work and and i think that that's something we all have to work on but certain industries almost prod that and yeah. other places i find guide you in how to separate it to acknowledge, like that you continue to improve as an artist, but you're not held accountable all the time for every. Uh, I, I, sorry, I'm saying this on the fly no, too. Like I have no, like, it's you know, Really, like I, it's just like processing have, it. But
4: I have a that's the purpose of a conversation, right? To kind of push <laughs> yeah. those ideas and try to figure out. As Wait a we go, minute! Hold on a second, request. Samantha. You're saying that you don't have all the
1: answers. <laughs> We booked the wrong guest, David. That's it. This show is over again. I have, I have, I have, I have another theory that I'm going to throw past both of you. I'm curious how you feel about it. I my, one of my theories has been for a while because I, I feel the same way and I see the same things and I've often made parallels um, between animators and and actors and actresses. Like in, in the reason being is that because we take a certain level of ownership. Over what we do, like we're taking it's we're really putting ourselves out there all all artists, photographers, digital artists, modelers, every all these people put a lot of themselves into it, but there's something more personal in many ways. When you are performing with a character, right? It's like you're you are kind of embodying them, and and I see a lot of the same kind of anxieties with my 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 acting friends. They they mm-hmm. know they they there's a there's a level of 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 competition, and there's all this like everything's on the line, and like this performance I'm doing right now means everything, and it's like does it though? But this <laughs> but it's how you feel at the time, yeah. and I've seen this weird kind of parallel between the two, where they where I feel like the same kind of pressures and the same kind of social anxieties come. Um, with, the, with with being an act an actor or an actress like I feel like there's there's similarities there and I think it has a lot to do with the that 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 we're live performers even though animators we have more more time to sort of like as David was was sort of mentioning we have time to dwell on it for like like weeks sometimes on a shot and it's like that's a lot of that's a lot you're putting a lot of like you know of yourself yeah. into it pouring it for two for two weeks and then you go into a right. daily session if you might as well just be sitting there naked and everyone yeah. just sort of like okay so what you got no, that's interesting that's what you got it's,
3: huh yeah, yeah. that's kind of what it feels like
4: process. every single time
3: the yeah, process is again, not conducive to
2: yeah Yeah,
4: and again compared to photography you're like well the lighting was not perfect the you know the pause was well if you have a month to animate a shot what is your excuse this is exactly what guess, you're able to to do so it kind of a direct reflection i mean on what yeah. you assume being your own yeah. quality as an artist
3: It's, it's really, yeah, it's interesting. Like I definitely think that, and I think it's changing and everything too. Um, you know, just the whole conversation about mental health or like well being or soft skills, right. It is becoming more of a popular thing, uh, you know, in the last few years or decades. And I think, I think those things will also help. I think, I think, um, It is, it's just, it's kind of an interesting thing because I I think in general, or at least in my early, I can say this to my earlier experience in the industry. um, I think that people just didn't even foster an environment that could help you separate yourself from feeling because it's true it's like the nature of the work that we do yes like you're you're really sitting there over this scene for weeks and then you know you reveal it and it's it's like the first you know it's it's like you get shot down like there isn't this kind of or even like if you're an actor on stage you you rehearse you say a line and then the director could be like "No, no no adjust it like this and you say it again and there's kind of a back and forth process um but I do think like that even though the nature of how we work in animation can contribute to that, I feel that the, the community at large, we're not really talking about how to maybe, because I feel like if everyone has a better sense of self value, you can look at your work more objectively and not think that it's you. And it's always going to be personal because we're artists. Like it's, it's it's, it's such a big deal of what you do. It's, it's very you self define yourself a lot by the craft that you choose and and by what you do but i think that i think that that good leadership can foster a sense yeah. of like you have value as an artist and that it's not like and i mean at least that's how i try to look at myself maybe it's the wrong way but i try to look <laughs> at like like my artistic evolution not about the pieces that i execute but that every piece is about making me a better artist yep. and it, yep. they're just pieces of work it's just a totally. scene and i do believe in that scene and i do believe in that character and i'm not going to lie that sometimes i get like a little bit like you know upset when people don't like the work that maybe that i do but i i've learned now that to just it's part of a process. And working in the industry also is not about – this might be controversial. But I feel like it's not just about you as an artist. And and I – I, it's a team thing. And, and when I'm doing mm-hmm. a scene, sometimes I might think that I have a better performance idea. Because I've been working with this character for X many months. Oh, and yeah. this is how I feel the character should perform. Yeah. But it is mm-hmm. not how the director feels the character should perform. Yeah. And I might not agree with what the director – says to do but it's they're not paying me to be the director of that character they're paying me to perform through the director's vision and and i feel like it's important that we learn to create that awareness that in the industry we are hired for art to use our artistic skills on something not for it to be our art and it it, they can complement each other and it can be that it can be both but I just feel like that separation is important and that you are a person and you have value and you have all these things more than just yeah. that one scene, you know?
4: So um, the, the, that's interesting, especially as you 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 framed the time that you were uh, at Disney, at, at feeling very vulnerable because of, you know, it's Disney and the level of quality of the artists that were there yeah. and, and all that. So how did you uh, handle notes, reviews, criticism? Because that's something that... If you're already in a vulnerable spot, some of them can be crushing uh, at times. Because, as you said, yeah. you think that you're like, I, I think that that's really great, and then you are, you know, completely um, not on the side of what the director wanted, yeah. or for any reason. Right. So, how did you dealt with uh, with it? Um,
3: yeah, that's an interesting one. I think at the beginning, sometimes I felt. Like, redoing a scene, I'm sure, like, everyone understands this. It's emotionally, like, even <laughs> if you do it again and it turns hmm. out better or whatever, there's always a part of you that died, <laughs> like, having to redo it again. Like, you 100%. do not have the same energy to go back into that scene again and make all those changes. Um, I found that, depending on who my supervisor was, If I had a supervisor that really encouraged a thumbnailing and planning process, and this is what I try to do when I teach and coach people, if you have a good planning process and they can understand a planning process, you can save yourself all that work. You can, you know like hit certain landmarks and mm-hmm. even when I was in 3d I was always a blocking uh, I'm not like yeah. a straight to spline person or whatever because yeah. I, that was my process in 2d get those those main storytelling keys get that like approved before you do anything else get that approved if it's not approved like you only did a few drawings like whatever working a better process so I would say at the beginning I would argue maybe also because I came into the industry quite young um or dis sorry Disney quite young I maybe I did. I think also I didn't have the best process. So I think I contributed to a lot of the needing to redo things or whatever. And I would feel exhausted because I just in between the whole scene and then they want something different. And that was like 500 drawings, you know, <laughs> and like, um, <laughs> yeah. and so I, I think part of it, like I think was on me not having that experience of building my scenes properly and I didn't see that then. So it would be very discouraging, you know, like I didn't yeah. really understand, but equally looking back now to objectively, I feel like those were also situations where I didn't have leads that actually proactively helped guide yeah. people. And I think that, you mm. know, as someone now that's more often in that position, instead of, you know, the entry level animator position, I feel that that's my responsibility to also help people understand yeah. that and i felt like the the way that the studio at that time was set up at least in the projects that i worked on the teams that i worked with we didn't that was not on trend like it just wasn't something that like i felt like some people felt that they were just there as supervisors because they were better animators you know they had earned it because their scenes were really good and that's why they yeah. were there and they didn't take on those leadership qualities in ways we that s- maybe people could benefit from. Um, we still see
1: this. I see that like in the industry, there's a lot of people in yeah. supervising positions that are, that's, that's why they ended up a supervising position, not because they know how to foster yeah. good working culture and good work processes. Um, they just kind of get thrust into these leadership roles. And the sad thing is I've seen a lot of people burn out on those roles because they, because they're being promoted into these roles. They're not necessarily have the skills to, to, to do some yeah. of the things in those leadership roles. And it feels awkward and they don't, they don't feel good about it. And it's like you've this, the studio loses there because they, they lose a really great Animator, because they probably have a lot mm-hmm. of experience, mm-hmm. and then they they gain by promoting them into the wrong position a bad manager and someone who's not going to be happy who who might actually leave. You know, yeah, I, it's, it's it's like
3: it's I. There's something about the communication and awareness mm-hmm. I think that is still left needs to be improved because I think that's a really good point. And I will say I'm guilty of this too when I was like younger I'm like I'm still young <laughs> when I was <laughs> you're younger
1: you're <laughs> like a spring chicken
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, like when I first started out in the industry I think I also I, I will totally acknowledge that there was an I don't know what you want to call it an arrogance or I, I don't want to label it as that but sort of this attitude that like that guy's not a very good animator. Why is he a supervisor? I can draw better than him. Like, yep. I wouldn't say that out loud, but there was a part of me that was like, why are they a supervisor? Mm-hmm. They... And because mm-hmm. because the values and awareness that at least I knew were all, like, again, tying back into why do we feel insecure? Like all of these yep. things, there is a exactly. sense of value only on technique. Yep. And when you're younger, technique feels like a big deal because you're still learning mm-hmm. it. But at a certain totally. point it's actually like not that big a deal because it's not the value that you bring. Cause you already know the technique. Um, mm-hmm. And yes, maybe some people are a little bit better at certain techniques than other people, but, but being in a leadership position, getting the best out of your team and therefore the best out of your character or out of the film, those are different traits. And, and that's why I'm just saying like, even for me, it's like, I have criticized like, maybe somebody that was a terrible animator, but mm. possibly a great leader. Yep. But I thought they didn't deserve it, you know? And yep. I, again, I didn't say it out loud, but I know I thought those things. So I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I think I represent a demographic to some capacity that um, that there is that sentiment and it's only when you get enough experience or you're on the other side, you start realizing that all these other skills are so much more valuable in certain yeah. ways. And yeah. Yeah. And a good leader will trust the quality of their team and and what they can do and bring that out. And so I, I, yeah, and I just feel like that awareness is not always there across the board. It's almost like some people know that that's a better thing and some people don't. And then you get these situations like what you just described where – maybe they got it on talent or if they got it because they're not as talented, but they actually are good leaders, but other people under them don't recognize that and won't yep. respect them.
1: Exactly. It's like it's a, a really mess.
3: weird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it, we're not aware of that until we actually get yeah. thrown into We need it.
1: to reprogram the culture of the industry. So people get it, <laughs> but it, yeah. it's like the, but what the problem is is that the, the, the younger people that are coming into that industry, they don't have necessarily the years of experience to have got to that level of awareness yet. Yeah. So it's always going to be a bit of a challenge, even if you try yeah. to, teach people that hey look your supervisor may not be the best animator but they're there to help you they are a force multiplier they are going yeah. to assist you to be better animators and to be able yeah. to like succeed in this job yeah. this is way more important than anything else the problem is of course like you said technique is everything and they're mm-hmm. so they're coming out of school thinking that is so, so they get disappointed if they get a lead that doesn't feel like they can animate better than them because what am i going to learn from that person that- it's like oh that might be a good point. So like, there's like the, the the, the problem is kind of complex, right? It's like, there's no easy
4: solution. Yeah. It's complex, but I think it's slowly changing. Uh, because you mentioned something that, uh, you know, a supervisor, uh, one of the main role of a supervisor is to, um, you know, uh, kind of not teach animation but you know someone that is really good that's going to be able to make the other people in the team really good but most of the time it's more related to the soft skills of mm-hmm. is that someone that can inspire motivate people lead them properly he yeah. might not be the best animators that's going to give you all the tricks and by the way this is why there's other 25 senior animator That's the guy who's the best at facial and that's the guy who's Mm -hmm. the best at, you know, filming reference. And that's it's the combination of everyone around you. If you're if you can put your ego in check and be, you know, uh, accept that you can learn from uh, everyone around. But I think there's a growing awareness that, you know, supervisors, leaders, their role is to make sure that everyone in their team is going to provide the best work they can uh, provide. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they are the best animator on the floor. And they, if they can themselves keep the, their ego in check and say, you know, by the way, guys, you, everyone is better than me at certain things. This is not why I'm, I'm here and why I have this position. Let me explain why I have this position. And let me show you what is the goal and how we're going to get there.
3: Yeah, I, I think that that's, I, I hope that that's changing now. I think that just stuff like this, and I think in every industry, because communication is becoming more, I don't know, democratic now that we, we can have these, I mean, I know when I, 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 you know, you guys can probably speak to this too, but like, I feel like when I was coming out of school, it's not like you would get to have these chats with people that were experienced. It was like those mysterious people that worked at Disney that you didn't know, you know? And like, it was, I mean, we didn't even have a lot of events. Like I remember in Canada, there was the animation festival, the Ottawa animation festival, Mm -hmm. CTN wasn't around yet. And even if CTN is around, like who can always afford as a student or Mm -hmm. to fly to LA and, and go to a conference Mm -hmm. and stuff. So it's, it's wonderful that, you know, there's, um,
4: (coughs) Yeah, so and I think this is
3: community w- platforms like this, you know.
1: Your audio disappeared at I David.
3: I lost I don't hear you David.
2: Oh, yeah. you don't? Yeah, you okay, know. know. Now we do. Okay, no, <laughs> I'm back. Right. Magically you're back, yeah. <laughs>
4: um yeah, I mentioned this is why for me those conversations are super interesting because they are fairly uh, rapid to organize and then you can have those conversations that it used to, or actually, for those that are listening to those conversations, you needed to go to those events uh, that, yeah. that 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 might have been, you know, plane tickets and hotel, and go to a PTD event and go to the theater and, and all mm-hmm. that. So uh, I think it's going to be a way to democratize. Uh, uh, all of this information for the uh, industry, that, that's for sure. Um, there is something that uh, I'm very curious about, and I, I actually do not know <laughs> if, about you, If uh, uh, even if we know each other for quite some time now. The transition to, to 3D animation. Why? 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 Just why?
3: <laughs> oh. so, so at the time, like, I think it was after Frog Princess... And I did some work. I forget now which one came first. And there was like some storyboarding work that I got to do like on Enchanted and stuff. Um, There really wasn't a lot of 2D on the horizon. And I personally, like, I know it's, it's a different thing for everyone. They're beautiful films, but I'm personally not into working as an animator on a lot of, you know, the European 2D productions that are more of like, Like even like, um, like say a Miyazaki film, like nobody is going to argue that these are some of the greatest films, animated films of all time. But as an animator, as a character performer and an animator, there is a certain quality of animation that, you know, was done at Disney and DreamWorks. That was the kind of animation that I loved. And the only way to continue doing that kind of animation was that that's what was being done in 3D. And at the time I was actually really ripped in half because I had worked so hard on my drawing as well as, as well as my animation. And I, I, I loved 2d because it was everything that I loved. Like I loved drawing and I loved animation. I loved bringing characters to life and I never saw myself as an illustrator. You know, I, I really wanted to be a performer and an animator. Um, So at the time I just didn't know which way to go. And I, I, I was like, well, I have to learn 3d, but, and at the same time I started getting more invested in learning character design because again, as a 2d animator, I didn't learn character design. I knew what, what you needed as a character designer like because I had animated so many characters rotated them like expressions like I I had certain tools but you know really like design design tools I did not have I just knew how to draw someone else's designs really well so I just didn't even know which way to go and I I wanted to try both but I think at the end of the day I always saw myself as an animator so that's where 3D uh came in and Mm -hmm. um
4: and, and did you so yeah. sorry? So, so. Did you ever felt uh, as competent in 3D as you were in in 2D? No, no. I
3: no. mean, I feel like like directing people or 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 overseeing 3D animation. I feel equally competent because it's just animation. Like I understand how animation works. I understand like. I mean, in 2D, I'd call it the picture plane in 3D, like yeah. animating to camera. I'd understand like, because animation is silhouette. So yeah. I feel that that's something I can bring to the team when I'm working with 3D animators is like an awareness of seeing in a different way that actually makes your animation move. Um, I would say that I, I consider myself equal in both, but I am slower in 3D. I guess that's a better way to say it. I It takes me longer to maneuver the rig and also make sure you know like in 2d you don't have to worry that like if i want to get a shape with the torso i don't have to worry that like in 3d maybe shape one was controls a c and f and then key number two to get the shape with the torso it would have been controls b and, and then you get this weird interpolation i just felt that i was spending when i work in 3d i feel like i spend 20% of my time animating and 80% of my time doing software stuff and in 2D I felt like the whole feeling is animating at the stage but I will disclose that that was not my feeling probably for the first like five to seven years of working in 2D. Um, sometimes the drawings got in the way, sometimes I couldn't get that performance. So I'm, I'm saying that now I feel with 2d, it's just about sitting there and animating and, and nothing holds me back. Not no rig, no nothing. Um, and I never felt like, I feel like 3d, I'm much slower, but I feel that the concepts are the same. The principles are the same, Mm um, I, I don't know if I'm digressing now from the topic No, now I'm getting, like, talking. No, that, <laughs> so that's, was inc- like, was that
4: that's perfect okay. w- where I wanted to uh, get to is the v- very unique uh, service and, and position that you have now of uh, providing consultation to. So it's almost taking all of the expertise that you've developed with uh, traditional animation and apply it, uh, uh, apply all of those techniques to uh, 3D animation. Uh, so is that first of all, is that the right assumption? Yes. And then how how again, how did that happen? Because there is not a lot of animation consultant in the industry
3: no i I mean i feel like i even had to like um like i totally i don't know if you're probably
4: created yeah like i feel (laughs) like it's like like
3: what is it like um wasn't it like in sherlock holmes or whatever and he's like i made my job or whatever like he invented his job i'm like i i remember seeing that and being like i feel like that too sherlock um like yeah like there was i i feel like for the longest time i didn't even know what to call myself it was just taking jobs it was like oh a studio wanted me to help with this okay and i i didn't know how to label it nobody else was doing it before references that I had were people that were doing workshops or lectures and and that is a part of what I started doing I did start by doing workshops and initially it started because um, some studios were asking me to do life drawing workshops as they pertain to animation and that's where I built you know my whole uh, for people that don't know me I built a very specific drawing program that applies to both 2d and 3d animators. That's like about analyzing your reference or looking at how to look at life drawing, how to look at the model. And it, it did start more like that, like workshops, but then it did turn into doing things like working on certain, uh, the projects where, um, You know, even if it's, like, super realistic, but the deformation on, like, a monster's leg or something, a hind leg, like, the rig wasn't deforming properly. So I would do all these anatomy drawings to show this is actually how it should compress and squash and how these – because, I mean, you know, it's like when you're modeling something, it's literally, like, I mean, I find it so – it's fascinating when they can get amazing results. But it's very difficult in the sense that, like, you're literally – it's like a balloon animal or something or a balloon (laughs) character it's like it's literally just like these rubber tubes it's Mm. not actually motivated by things that are built in this like the real body is and that's you know again like if you're drawing you know that and you can build all these deformations the correct way and so malleable yeah, so like even on high end VFX projects, I would be going in and doing stuff like that. And on more like cartoony projects, you know, like after Spider Verse came out, like everybody wanted their look to be two D. So then I'd even in games, I'd go in and and that's not to camera, but we would find resources and ways or, or tools and ways to make the game look two D and mm-hmm. and and go over their work and teach these kind of two D concepts. So the range that I've been doing in that way. Um, it's been, it's been really interesting, uh, to, to work on these things and, um, it's like yeah. a
1: renaissance of your of the of the beginning of your career is now becoming extra relevant again because it's now back in fashion it, to make it look like old school, right?
3: It's it's really fascinating. Like yeah. I feel like I I'm actually even doing more 2D in the last couple of years than yeah. I ever have before it's, and and it's true it won't be on the screen but just even stuff like like and and from the range from working on VFX like literally like skin like deformations when you know they're trying to recreate like realistic looking humans or how do these things work? to more of like what i love like the the kind of disney feature
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh kind of style um mm. yeah it's really it's it's interesting and then trying to get the 3d to problem solve to work in in that way instead of letting 3d run the show and everyone yeah. trying to yeah. conform to it and need I need to that's... Ch-
1: challenge it like like like, like yeah. don't just accept 3d for what it is like how can 3d be better let's borrow from how we used to do it like originally, like, it's like we've forgotten a lot of that in many ways. The industry sort of moved on and they forgot to take a minute to like, because that's what when you take a look at Spider Man, I mean, I feel like that's what a lot of Spider Man was. It was, it was a celebration. It was, it was yeah. like, hey, let's make it feel like the comic book. Let's play with the scene. Oh, let's they have the chromatic did. aberration. Let's, let's make it feel like printed medium. Let's, yeah. let's do all these things that, that we're not doing in 3D. Let's, let's make it on twos, like, yeah. because we can. And, and like, it was just this refreshing. This refreshing, like re-delivery of these classical concepts that we're all craving, and we just didn't know we were craving it. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's a market for it. Thank God. Thank you, Spider. <laughs> Thank you, Spider-Man <laughs> team, yeah. for bringing it back to our, to our into our into our, our palates. Because yeah, because it is fun that we get to go back to the basics and and re- in, re-investigate that.
4: Yeah. Yeah. At, at the end of that movie, I was like, "Where were the producers yeah. in this production? Because it <laughs> yeah, seemed so that every uh, seemed... <laughs> creator's dream was in there, yeah, and there was totally. like no, no, <laughs> no restraint on nothing. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it was just pure fun, just animation for animation's sake.
4: God forbid. Yeah. It yeah. Was yeah awesome. let, let's remove the producers from the room. Let's give unlimited budget and no deadline to an animation team. This is what I feel that would come out out of. Just quick disclaimer. Uh, we do
1: it. love producers. We love. All oh, yeah, producers. for sure. For sure. Don't, don't go anywhere.
4: I, I was just, you know, just,
1: just step out of the room sometimes for just a couple of minutes, just so we can, you know, have a little fun, you know, don't put no party pooping <laughs> well, for like at least five minutes
3: in here. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's some, someone that's really mad.
3: I
2: yeah.
4: No, I mean, in, in all seriousness, yes, uh, producers were there but it, it shows that they were they were understanding animation and they 100%. were buying in into the vision and they probably totally. made said no many times but it felt <laughs> like they knew their, uh, yeah. their audience and they That's allowed it. proper investment in the right places and yeah. i mean it was just amazing to witness
3: i even remember like i got my screener because i saw I, I got my screener in the mail and uh I remember just thinking, like, honestly, like, my impression of it, too, I, I feel terrible saying this. I was like, oh, no, they're just milking the Spider-Man franchise. <laughs> like, it's just going to be another one of these films. That's usually Blew what it is. my mind. Like, I was just like, that was such a refreshing. Yep. And, and ultimately, too, it's the story. Like, it's great that mm. it had this, like, I, I mean, it, it's, you know, I know, like, we all love to talk, about. I, I will say this. Like, at least I always get the conversation. Maybe this will come up you know what do you think the state of 2D is in the industry it's like a big conversation right now mm-hmm. and um and yeah like i love different mediums and and things like these the the craft of what we do is is obviously it's time consuming it's what we devote our time to but at the end of the day it's like you're just telling a story and i love that you know spider verse was a great story and they used the best medium to reflect it and Um, but it's, it was, it was just so, yeah, the whole film was just great. I don't know. I'm going on a tangent, but I was like, I was so impressed when I watched that film. I was not expecting it. And, um, everything, art direction, performances, story.
4: Yeah. Well, I think it was the right idea with the right execution. I, uh, I know many animators that were working on it and the weekly quota was as low as one second a week. And, you know, the the lowest that I personally experienced was like three and a half seconds a week and i fell out like, oh my god that's that's plenty of time one second and where you're like okay they just wow. went all in they went yeah. all in that it was that's going amazing. to and it, it paid up because holy shit yeah
1: so for the producers who might be watching this stream, that's an important <laughs> <Pretty> note <laughs> please don't expect us to make it look like that but like with a shoestring budget because it will kill us we will die yeah.
4: <laughs> were these uh Samantha, another thing that i'm curious uh, uh, uh ballet um yeah. Well, not really where it's coming from because I'm assuming you started very young and that's something that you continued and it was a passion. How did it influence uh, your craft oh my uh, gosh, as a professional so
3: much like I, I feel like subconsciously at the beginning because you don't realize like you know when you've been exposed to any kind of art form I guess like you it's going to influence how you you see things and do things um so I think, you know, on a, I guess, like a, a obvious level or, or easy level, like I feel like my sense of posing, um, certainly like getting really nice lines, like lines of action. Like ballet, they just call it a line. So like, like it would equate to the line of action or whatever, but getting nice lines, um, I think that was a big part of it. Performance-wise too, because um, I guess – you know again not something that i recognized so much back then i i mean again everyone's got a different performance style and of course it's going to depend on the nature of your film and and what the director wants but i find that balance between live action and theatrical performance staging mm-hmm. awareness cuz when you're doing narrative ballets it really is it it's it's very much like animation like you know ballet dancers they train this technique, like, like, you know, there's no higher dance technique than, than ballet training. Like they have a complete mastery if they're, bodies but when you do a narrative ballet at least it's not about the ballet part so much as it's about portraying the character the suffering they're going through or the 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 story the experience the personality that and that's the goal like what when you if you ever watch a behind the scenes or something or interviews with dancers that is what they will talk about is bringing this character to life what were they going through what were they and so a lot of the the rehearsal time or uh, some of the the like what you're focusing on is just even little details like something I remember that you know people can even look this up the, the Royal Opera House did a breakdown of like a Sleeping Beauty rehearsal and it was just even the decision of do you point the arm this much or do you bring it back a little bit so it puts more focus on the finger and not the full extension of the arm like where are you trying to draw the audience's eye so I feel like just that logic just in terms of posing um, hmm. and clarity and silhouette like that that's the aspects of the theatrical i guess that i think about so it's not just about taking my video reference and making it as like true to my video reference as possible but making decisions to state like silhouette something a little bit better or um those kind of things affect like that a lot. Um, when I was at school, obviously that translated into my gesture drawing, like really making nice poses. Like it was just something that I did naturally um, mm-hmm. because I had had like 15 years of that's it. looking at it, but I didn't know at the time, you know, I didn't realize like people were just like, oh, you do great poses, but I had that advantage that I didn't realize was coming through. I, um, I, so I I'd feel like that's like, yeah.
1: I, I feel like, and I don't, I don't know if you feel this is true, but I feel like I've always made a connection between physic because the fact that you danced for so long, you become more aware of your body, right? Like, there, yes. it's, it's 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 impossible not to. To be able to dance means you are at one and somehow in full control and full awareness of of what your body is doing. Um, and it's an extension of your mind. And so, so that awareness, I feel like I've i felt the same desire as an animator. If I wanted to, if I were to suddenly have to animate a show about like some kid skateboarding, mm-hmm. I would feel weird not breaking out some my my old skateboard blowing off the decades of dust on it and then going out there hurt and breaking a limb yeah exactly I, I would need that right to passage would be necessary for me to to pay proper That's tribute very to.
3: method of you it is very
1: method but i mean there is a truth to it right there's a truth oh to absolutely continued to like feel it inside and understand the balance and understand what it feels to surf or to do these things it's it's kind of like you it connects with part of you in a way that you would otherwise wouldn't you you'd be so reliant on the reference and in in like you know in that I feel like it would, uh, I, it would be, I would I would it would be disadvantageous for me to not I, experience it in some way you know I yeah. think
3: so I mean I can't I my brain like maybe I'm just not smart enough my brain I doubt that fathom thank you for saying that (laughs) like afterwards I'm gonna log off she's
2: "She's not (laughs) 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 an idiot (laughs)
3: it's okay if you say that no Um, way but I don't think I have the cerebral capacity to even understand how to approach my scenes or my even my drawings otherwise like I need like I I know I'm feeling that like when I'm I am gonna act like this is me flipping, flipping and drawing, <laughs> flipping and drawing. Um, like even when I'm animating, um, I need to feel how my keys will move and I and I'll be moving also. Like it's all it's and that's what I've I, I will say this as someone like when I'm overseeing someone's work, uh, or looking at scenes when people like copy their reference. I do notice that there are some people that they're not feeling it. They're just copying the shape, but they don't feel it because it's actually not working. Like they got a silhouette, maybe that kind of looks the same, but they are not motivating it from the same place. Or the the body—that's where the body mechanics fall apart because they're not um, kinetically empathetic with yeah. what's mm-hmm. happening. That's, that's and a Great way to describe it. I think if 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 you're not like you might not see it because you didn't feel it so you don't yeah. know that it's missing exactly. but like exactly. someone that that somebody else will know it's missing and and so it's more like negligence on you if you don't yeah. know yeah. it's missing and i know it's kind of hard like i know it's hard to ask like we have a very I, like i know animation is like a lot of time <laughs> like it, it takes it a is. lot of time it,
1: no it's it it is
3: it's hard think, to go to like I'm- I'm glad you say it, though. Yeah, but
1: (laughs) but at least expose yourself to it, right? I mean, you don't need to be... You don't have to get so invested that that's, like, uh, suddenly a like a, either a really really focused hobby or even like a second career but at least like reach out and touch it i say this with animators all the time yeah. when they're starting out it's like it's like you in animation it, like if you're not interested animators are are detail-oriented nerds right we love to understand it we like to touch it and, and break it mm-hmm. apart and then recombine it and and like you know that's part of the fun and if you don't yeah. like that then you're not an animator no offense like you're you might just be learning how to move something around on the screen It the, the anima a true animator wants to understand the yeah. movement they but need I, to become yeah. one with it you know
3: i've even mm. felt like that when like the times that i've animated some special effects like in 2d yeah like i'm just animating sure. water or something i'm like yeah I like yeah. Yeah. The the water, water. <laughs> be the water yeah. sam <laughs> but i, but I it- think you do have to like i feel like that Like, again, you don't have to be an athlete, but you have to be able to, to feel it. And yeah, I mean, this, this. I'm going to – this is kind of like an – it might seem obvious, but I've actually found that it is not obvious to people. Whether this has been in life drawing, and I've also seen this with people's scenes, a model Mm -hmm. could be like – sorry, I know I'm like sitting down. A model could have this hip up. very vogue of you. This, like, shoulder (laughs) down, and, Mm -hmm. like, they're like – I don't know, like, something like this. And I will literally see people draw something that's kind of like that, (laughs) you know? And – and also posed like that, you know, like that's what they're seeing in the reference. And I'm like, don't you see that the weight shift is a bit more over here? And it's just that lack of empathy. Did you guys have this when you were in school? Like, Brent, I'm assuming you had a, the same like program as me at Sheridan, like, we had, yeah, yeah we had Ver,
1: um verner i i, I go oh, to the church of verner, verner. yeah, yeah verner, i just by oh the way gosh. i just spoke to him i just he's i didn't know you guys were like besties best. you guys? yeah exactly he's yeah, awesome yeah we're
3: like totally besties. no no <laughs> verner like i learned so much from verner but we also had pantomime classes Did god you? in
1: my yeah we we had some it wasn't a regular class but we had these little sessions where they brought some sort of uh some mimes in to sort of uh, yeah yeah
3: we did a bit straight. of that too, which yeah. I just thought like they weren't yeah, they weren't great, but um but at least but Werner it was would always get thinking about oh, yeah. stuff like he'd be like take the pose of the model and
1: Exactly. Like, yeah. I often I just cuz I just reconnected with him recently and we had this conversation I, like, I, I kind of reminisced about those the good old days of Sheridan and 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 he was one like we had a lot of great instructors. So I don't want to disclude anybody out like lo- no, no, yeah. <laughs> anyone else but like you know Wayne Gilbert if you're out there I still love you. Um <laughs> the the thing is is that you know, with, um, with, with Werner, one of the things he always taught which I thought was really great. And this very, very, it connects, believe it or not. Wait for it. This does connect with what we were talking about. (laughs) Werner, Werner, he taught life drawing at Sheridan. Okay. So, you know, Jerry Jerry Zeldin was also um, a really great, um, unfortunately he passed away uh, years ago. He was also an amazing god of a teacher. He also taught life drawing. But Werner, that's who I had. And one of the things he always talked about, he was very, very serious about anatomy. He had a anatomically correct skeleton in the room and he made us draw like hours of, of the bones of the, bo- yeah. of the body, understand detailed drawings, because his philosophy was you need uh, to draw something to understand something, to transform it from 3D space onto 2D space uh, you need to not just draw what you see, you draw what's there and it's like, and that is a deep thing when yes. you think about it, when you break it down. It seems it's obvious, but thing. on the surface, but it's about understanding anatomy so that when you're looking at a pose, you're not just seeing a person posing, you can see literally almost like you have x-ray vision and you understand that shapes of the hip are, are a certain way because, well, because hips are shaped like that. The pelvic bone has a certain shape and you can break it down. And this applies to animation as well. It's like, again, it's not, it's not animating what you see in a reference. It's animating what's there, the essence,
3: yeah, the soul of what's there. that's a great way to say it. And that's totally, I mean, Werner, I feel like, honestly, again, we had some great teachers too. We did. Werner, though, his lessons and I know. like, Next it's level. literally has stayed with like my whole career. If I look back, like some of the best lessons to this day were Werner. Like we were so lucky. I think even at the time I thought I was really lucky, but I don't even think I realized like how... I mean that is a great he is a great teacher <laughs>
1: blessed blessed yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i'm i'm actually hopeful that we can maybe get him on one of these uh oh little my chats, gosh, actually yeah you should and yeah. he
3: like you know i went in to do sorry segue side note because seneca's <laughs> got an animation program where yeah. he's teaching now at seneca and i came in to do a workshop for the class he literally got a real horse skeleton
2: oh yeah. in That's the drawing me, studio the for
3: them like he's got the dedicated, like we just had dedication. the human one yeah but, yeah i mean he brought in i'm sure he did this for you yeah. he brought in kadesh like the tiger yep. we have a tiger come in twice yep. a year to draw yep. like yep. it was this yep. is hmm. this is the kind of teacher Werner was so de- yeah,
1: dedicated amazing. on all levels this, this is turning into a, in a chat solely well no so
4: now we
1: got a we have a guest appearance right now, and Werner is on the show. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would, I would, I would literally die if that could happen right now. But at last, I'm sorry, but, I didn't didn't make
4: it. Up. But to me, that that's the super interesting part with uh, animation. Uh, I felt I never understood uh, some animators that didn't have this curiosity of okay, we're going to you. You brought the example of a skateboarding. You're going to animate a feature that the main character is a skateboarder. Spend hours to look at documentaries about skateboarding and looking at reference. At maybe try yeah. it yourself. Martial arts. Do the same thing. Do your research. If you whatever you whatever character you have to animate, this is one. If you have the luxury of you know having enough time, whether it's in production or, or not, just absorb and. Because at some point, you know, it's going to influence the choice that you're going to 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 make 100%. when you animate. You don't even know why exactly you had this idea, but it's a mix of all those hours yep. of content yep. that you watch and you really yep. absorb uh, all of it. So anyway, for me, it was always one of the super interesting part about our work is that we have to dive into a reality of yeah. someone that is not us at all for X period of time. And then we move on to something else, but that's that's part Which of the experience so of exciting. being
3: exciting. A... It's like I mean, I feel like it is a lot like, you know, live action filmmaking as well, like when actors have to like do like it always is better when they get a little bit involved in the like the life of what their character is, or um, but you do like to what you were saying, I do feel like you have to have that curious mind. And that, that yeah. is what stumps me too. Or so, as an educator, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Also, if you work with someone that doesn't, that just
2: mm-hmm.
3: wants the end result. Yeah. They just want to start drawing. Just start yeah. animating.
2: It's and like, I'm no. like, you
3: have to have the personality yeah. that's excited about the process. Yeah. And yeah. Otherwise it's, it's not the best option for you. Like, it, and it doesn't mean that you're not going to be a creative person, but maybe there's a better creative outlet for you because. Yeah.
4: yeah. It well, it's all it, that. It's part of doing your homework and it's a fun part of it uh, uh, as well. So, there's so yeah, preparation is everything.
1: That being said, I think it also touches base a little bit on what we were talking about before this idea of culture and how, like, it's you know, it's always going to be tricky this industry, right? Because we are artists and we do put ourselves into it and we like to invest, we like to tinker, we like to experiment, and it's an expression of ourselves when we actually put ourselves into our work. But yet, there's always this interesting, you know. collision between that reality that we live in and the 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 economic reality that that sort of provides the bread on our table right so (laughs) these two worlds sometimes so you may not find yourself at a studio or in a production that 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 maybe uh, respect is not the right word but values that process, and maybe they don't work. They don't, they don't provide enough time in the schedule to properly invest in some of this sort of this some of this experience that animators might need to understand the subject matter, and that can feel frustrating. So, I mean, I do recognize yeah. that maybe we're talking very blue sky on uh, how animation should f- should feel. It's not always going to be the reality, but I think that's you know hopefully you yeah. can find a studio where that is a reality that they do they do understand the creative process does take time.
3: I think that's an important point, though, because I would I would argue that you know, a good 50% of my career, like, like, I've I've always, I think when I started, I always had been in a studio that valued a certain amount of training, like, you know, like we were paid to go and be hang out, like, you know, I was hanging out on a deer reserve with Andreastasia, just learning how to draw deer and looking at deer skeleton. And like, and it was like a couple days, like out in the country in Australia. And I'm like, I'm getting paid for this. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> and, and so I've had that experience. And then you've also worked on productions where like literally, you know, At Disney, you'd have X amount – I mean, I had X amount of time to learn a character before you actually start animating the scenes. You just draw them, you know, for a few Mm -hmm. months. You develop them. You learn to draw them. You get used to them. You do some tests. And then I've worked on features where it's like you just get your scene and you yeah. need to draw that character Go. on model. So I'd be putting the model sheet like under my drawings and flipping back and forth mm. to make sure they were still on model because I had no time mm. to mm. learn to draw them off by heart, you know. Mm. So it's, yeah, I feel like it, it, it's nice when you're in that position where the studio yeah. does devote time to that process. But it's yeah. true that the reality is that there isn't always the budget for that. No, and
1: Not always. You know, yeah, there's going to be people, there's productions out there that want that quality that Disney puts out, but they don't want to put the time and money in.
2: The, that's at the, same the time.
3: difficulty, though. Like that's where um, it's like, and that's where I find that that's where it gets very difficult to balance bringing the best value that you can to a production as an yeah. artist without being taken advantage of and yep. sacrificing too much of your well being for, sure. for that. Like yeah. that that mm-hmm. took me a long time to. Mm-hmm. Learn that. I think um, it's a hard balance.
4: Yeah, and I think there's definitely. Uh, I think it's a, a mentality coming from the the leadership of a project or a, or a studio. There are some very fast and low budget production that we were provided this uh, this time. There's a production that that I worked on. I arrived right after, but it was literally a small production, a few months, and the the entire team was paid one week of vacation in Cuba to go, you know, scuba dive and learn about the fish because there was fish that maybe slightly uh, overkill, although it was really cool for everyone and the, 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 the production. So, yeah. So for me, it, it, I'm not sure it's a big budget. You have time to do your research or lower budget. I think it's just a philosophy of, OK, here's the time we have. What percentage are you going to put in pre-production, even if you have just a week? Uh, if and if it's just three hours of mandatory, okay, observe those videos. Uh, I think there's uh, definitely a, um, a place for, for that. Um, and, uh, 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 another thing that I really wanted to to touch on uh, is uh, uh, studio technique, uh, both the um, um, online school and the book as well. So maybe more high level, Where where is coming this motivation and inspiration because there's you know the craft of being a professional artist a talented and successful professional artist which is already a uh, um, not easy to achieve but where is it coming from to this motivation to teach uh as well
3: um i think well the main thing you know uh going back to what we said before about having the right leadership when you're starting out I felt like I really had to fend for myself to learn animation the way I wanted to. Like I saw people doing um, things that I admired, you know, like all the, all the commonplace greats that we always talk about, like Glenn Keane and James Baxter, like, you know, the one, like Sergio Pavlos, like I would see these people's work in school. And I was like, okay, I've learned my fundamentals, but I'm not getting those results. Like, how are they doing it? How are they applying it? And I felt like I had very little, guidance, or the guidance that I got was feedback that didn't get me to understand it, but just fixed a problem I was dealing with at that moment. And I guess I'm a pro like, I do enjoy, I I don't know, I feel maybe it's a control freak side, I need to understand (laughs) things. So I, 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 I would sit there and really try to figure out what was the logic behind this, like, how do these things work? And I guess once I was able to articulate that, I, it felt important to me, To give that voice to other people because I felt frustrated for a very long time. And I really empathized with a lot of people that felt very frustrated. I mean, the initial push to start Studio Technique was just because people just started asking me to do training. Like I was working on one project at a gaming studio. And I think just overseeing, like I was sort of uh, overseeing this short. And I guess the way that I was communicating to people, the way I was getting the animators to work and the way that I was doing certain things, I then started getting asked to do these workshops to elaborate on it or explain things. And um, and I and then, you know, then I got asked by other studios to do training. So this concept of actually training started becoming clear because for the I, you know, again, going back to the imposter syndrome, I think we all feel that like I didn't feel like I was in a position that I had anything to offer. I still felt like I've got like 50 (laughs) years of learning, you know, you look at like milk call was like, you know, still animating and he's like a master. And I was like, I'm not there yet. Like, I, I really felt like, um, I didn't feel like I was in a position to assume that I could offer information to people. Um, so it did happen. The prodding happened because people were asking me to do it. And and I started getting asked to speak at conferences. And I, I remember my first conference, like I was in 2010, and I was mortified, never prepared a lecture before. Like, I, I was like, do you really want to listen to anything that I have to say? Like, I don't know. Um, so that, that's what got me starting i mean i had taught before because part of the ballet process as you get older is to teach younger people so the concept of learning how to speak to people or adapt your education or try to adapt to how a learner needs to understand something wasn't completely new to me um but so that's what got me gave me the push but the motivation really came from empathizing with other artists that felt like they didn't know how to speak or know Mm -hmm. how to do this and and what i realized in figuring it out is that and and half the time i think a lot of really experienced artists are really good at it because they are experienced and they have a feel or an intuition but they themselves don't even know how they're doing it but their subconscious is doing all that math for them and i was just like there there is a logic so (laughs) What if we can articulate it? And that's what I found in teaching people is that the methods like like with my – I mean my book, my first book, and I guess I'll, I'll go into that in a second. But um, the first book is just the, the beginning. Like it's just the book I put out was just such a basic – uh, it's the first step of this process that I teach. But I learned that in teaching people in a certain way, getting them to really understand, like not just like a line of action is a general thing, but specifically what is a line of action? Because you can find it, you can identify it and you can lock it down. And there are ways to see these things. And I felt that, seeing results in people's work that took me years to get and see it in them in a couple months and see them feel like they suddenly had a facility over a language that they wanted to animate something or draw something. And they knew the tools that it took to get there. That's what ended up motivating me to keep going. But it really came from my own frustration and feeling. I literally had the first like 10 years of my career with this imaginary dream that one day Somebody like Glenn Keen is going to apprentice me, and they are going to show me all the secrets of the universe, and I am going <laughs> to be where I want to be, and, and and that was always my dream. Like, like Disney was a big dream for me, not just because I loved their work and their stories, and of course because the art. I mean you know, like, you grow up with these films, like, of course, you want to be where they made Lion King and stuff. Um, But it was also the idea, the culture of the studio that was so conducive to learning, like the, the drawing classes and the training and the, the, the place of being always at school. And I didn't feel in my time that I, got what I expected in that way I did learn from some people and there were some good experiences and there were some more challenging experiences but that but that frustration of wanting to learn and knowing that you have something you want to express and put out there and not being able to do it and and I guess having had the experience of in another art form knowing that I could do it that way I felt like why can't I in this Mm. um that's what really motivated and drove me to do studio technique. And and so in that way, studio technique is definitely more art focused than say industry uh, focused. But when I mm-hmm. work as a consultant or when I work with industry people, it is about trying to make the best artistic yeah. decisions with the budgets or the restraints yeah. that you're, you know, working with and stuff. So, so I apply that too, but, um, but when I'm working with individual artists, it's about giving them the, And and I find if you give people the best voice, like if people have the best control over what they're doing and understanding Mm -hmm. of the medium, they can make their own decisions that can work within the time frame. And like what you were saying, even about the training, there is a way to just plan all these things. So if you know how something works and you have control over it, you know, you can invest this part and you can leave out this part. And that applies to drawing or animating or. um, Yeah, yeah,
4: uh, I can definitely. I can definitely relate to this uh, this moment that you feel that you made a difference in one of your students, or or maybe a student is reaching out one, two, three years after to give you a you know a feedback that by the way you might not know, but you know I finally got my big break and you made a big difference and all that. So it's definitely a very um, uh, very. Uh, good feeling to, to have when you know that you, you can make this difference to, uh, to people. Uh, you've talked uh, uh, briefly about this little book oh, yeah. over here. Thank <laughs> you. I have mine right here. I have
1: mine oh, right here. I like keep it handy. I always, I always bring it up in my classes. Thank uh, you.
3: <laughs> because
4: uh, I'm curious, and I've seen the, the question in the chat uh, earlier where's where's the second one so
3: okay mm-hmm. yeah, i will come confess on now.
4: give us the personal
3: us the personal license we're having our chat conversation that's public but <laughs> private among friends exactly uh, yeah.
1: no, no one's watching other no than all watching. the people there's no yeah. publishers in the, in the chat that's good. We're, we're
3: yeah. good i actually just spoke with my editor this morning mm-hmm. um so i'm excited about that um so the book went on hold for a little bit i ended up like privacy disclosure i ended up suffering a really bad injury a couple years ago that actually stopped me from working full stop period Mm. and took like a long time to recover um so the book just ended up you know and then this last year i've been working on this massive project kind of like an animation slash art director like too many too many jobs so it's it's um i feel like lots of things just kept just happening. And so I feel bad, but like the book did not keep the momentum that I wanted it to. The positive thing though, is that I've just started working on it again because I just came off of another project and, um, and I really want to get it out there. It's almost finished actually, but it has to go through the editing process and I have to also illustrate it, which will take a little (laughs) bit of time. But, um, so my plan is to get that out by next year is like my goal. I really want it out. I'm actually like feeling like it's got to get out there. Like I don't want it at home anymore. Um, (laughs) so that's my plan. Uh, But yeah, there were a lot of personal things, unfortunately, that just... Uh, unexpectedly came up and they weren't things that I felt like, you know, like now it's fine. Happy ending. I'm recovered from my injury and stuff. But at that time I was like, I don't want to be posting this on the internet or mm. um, you know, and, and I did launch a Kickstarter actually to fundraise for the second book, yeah. but I, because of my injury, I'd been off of social media for like a year, which mm. I've also done this last year. So that's my other goal for this summer is to gain that momentum again. But, um, but the book is on, definitely on its, way because i i I do feel like i do you know like i thank you for having my book and i hope that people that have read it like have enjoyed it but i guess for me i feel like the information's not finished Mm. it's literally just like this is the first part but it doesn't fully translate like how do we take it all the way to the end and that's why it's like so important for me to just get the other one out there and it's been five years now so i feel like it's gotta get out there but it is I, I, my editor is going to start on it next week. So I feel like that's also going to be really good because once she gets on board, it's nice to have a team member in a way, like even though she works for me technically, but like, uh, it's, it's like, it's harder when you're working at home by yourself, trying to get such a massive, um,
1: this feels out. like it turned into a, this feels like it turned into an interrogation for you. So like, uh, um, <laughs> can you just, just to complete the image, can you give us the exact day that you expected to be out? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. Like I mean, oh, look, yeah. just for the,
1: for the record, and I'm sure I speak with, you know, for pretty much all of you, all of your fans that like, I think we're all just, we just want to get the other book. Like, I mean, it's like, my it's, two you know, like
3: have it's like, no, there, there. there's <laughs> definitely
1: more than two fans. I can guarantee you that. So yeah. So it's, people are just naturally curious, but we're, oh, we're happy to hear you. that it's still in the works and it will eventually come to come out on into the, into the world when it's damn good and ready. It's, but, uh, we're, we're Honestly excited. though, a
3: lot of it too is like the same thing that we're talking about, just about feeling all the this like pressure about it like some, like I feel like I need to also step back from the book sometimes because I get really perfectionisty about it and I really and I, I mean I still I still I won't be I am a perfectionist I won't be able to release it without like <laughs> like you know crossing all my t's and dotting my i's but but part of you gets crippled sometimes because you just really want it to be the best and I don't know then... what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> I've never. never felt
1: like that before ever <laughs> Are you an alien? I do. I do. I even know you. Who are you? I don't. I don't. I. I don't. Rec- I don't recognize you. Right. Now. Sorry. I just. I, I. felt like I needed to say it because I'm sure everyone in like in chat are all like. Uh, yeah, we all like. Yeah, that feels. <laughs> she's know. in my head right now. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, curse, the curse. The
3: curse. Yeah, and I really like the nice thing like this last half a year because I was so busy on this feature. The one good thing it gave me, though, was like, because I had to literally because I've always been like kind of working on it over the years, like here every time I had a moment. But because of this project, I was like, this this is getting closed for the moment, like for half a year, I have to close this. And the nice thing is I started working on it again this weekend and I just had such fresh eyes and I felt so much more objective that I was able to like, you know, that whole idea of like distancing yourself from your work and you get more done like you get like Mm -hmm. you see it like it doesn't become as personal and overwhelming so and then my editor just gave me some great tips this morning too that's going to help me micro, like manage <laughs> it better and get through it faster and nice stuff like this, so. that,
4: that, that's another thing and we could continue for uh, hours but there's a a, a, a last uh, a question that, that i have because again uh from being an artist to an educator but at the same time you're also a businesswoman you have your own I mean studio technique is what you started and then obviously it's your you are the image of studio technique so there's some branding that goes into that and uh, all that how did you because I for experiencing uh, um, myself as well you kind of go into it with you know inspiration motivation and all that and then you're like oh okay I have to run a business now Uh, how was it for you compared to what you imagine it would be to how it was uh, actually
3: it was like a mess. Like, you know, <laughs> you don't share that with everyone. You try to make it look yeah. like, you know. Yeah, tell us how you good. really like, feel, Samantha. Yeah. You're holding it back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, like how you felt, though. You know, like I I, I was intimidated initially. Like the idea of going off on your own, starting a business. From the beginning, I was stressed about it because I didn't know anything. And I, I had this overwhelming thing. Like I never went to business school. And I had a very strong sense of like, that there must be a right way to do this, that there's like, you've got to do it in this way, like business people set up businesses in this way. And there's like a way of doing things. And I felt so freaked out that I'm not doing it in the most perfect way. And, um, and again, 10 years ago, it's not like now, especially with COVID that everybody's like communicating on the in- internet, like how to start your own business, how to make like, you know, I feel like there wasn't that reference like now I feel like I you can look things up more because there are a lot of people that have something to offer and that are doing these things um so it was a disaster you know branding out the window like I didn't even like I just knew that I'm like I don't want it to look like this or I want it so like you know but I didn't have a clear picture it's been an evolution I would definitely say it's one of the worst things that I'm at (laughs) like like I think that um it's it's really been a process. I'd say that I'm still figuring it out. Um, I, I definitely, I think that if I were, I can say that I have more experience that if somebody came to me and they had never done this before, I certainly would have a lot that I could help them with. And like one of my friends was starting a dance studio and I helped her set up her website and I helped her do all of these things. And like, you know, that she was me like a decade ago that I didn't know. Um, so yeah, and, and I, I feel like I'm still learning, but I've, I've learned more. I think the biggest thing I learned though was, or that I'm still trying to learn. It's, I think it's the same thing that maybe a freelancer would struggle with too, is sort of understanding that balance between providing a service that helps other people but also within the limitations that you're comfortable to work with, you know, that, that it's like that it has to also be that you like, what is it worth to you to give that time? like I, mm. Like, you know, like at the beginning, I started like I wanted everything to be like when I was giving live classes in Montreal, like a decade ago and I wanted it because I wanted to make it accessible to people and affordable. And I, I really tried to price my classes as low as possible. Like I was looking at little hobby centers or, um, uh, Uh, what's nonprofit organizations. I'm like, that's how much their classes are. So that's how much my classes are. But when you have a (laughs) brick and mortar and you've got rent to pay and you're not a nonprofit and you're not getting support from the government, you're not getting these things. But I felt so panicked about owing to everybody. Like, what do I owe them? Like what makes it more accessible? And I, I, I let that drive me for so long. And that is, that, that is always, I think as a business, the most important thing is offering a service and a value that will help people or that it's something that people need and want. But I also, it took me a very long time and I would even say like it took being injured and really sick and like all of these things (laughs) um, for me to realize like, but where is the limit that it's worth my time to spend Mm -hmm. my time Mm -hmm. doing something like that? Because for the longest time, my time had no value for like, it was like, I would just, I was like, it's fine. I won't pay myself I'll just mm. charge people the lowest thing. It's okay. Maybe I'll be a little bit in the red, but I'm doing this freelance contract and it'll cover for it. And, you know, I really like, and it's, it's great that I, I think a lot of people starting a business probably go through that, especially when it's something you care about. Like if you're not coming from a business, you know, that you went to business mm. school and you're just about making a business to make a business. Uh, but that was the biggest, for me, that was the biggest struggle was understanding what my value is. And that, that like, I don't know if I'm making sense or not, but just that, that sense of like, it's not, I can't work for less than this because less than that means I'm compromising too much. I'm compromising my health. And ultimately that compromises the people that you work 100%. with because you can't give them the yeah. 100% yeah. energy. You can't like you yeah. dread. You're exhausted, yeah. and you dread yeah. like you know doing something or um, yeah. it's not healthy. Uh, but it took me a long time to understand that. I, I think
4: and, and I think it's a it's a a major reality check as well of what you're good at and what you're not good at and what you like and what you don't like. And at some point, because at the beginning you just do everything. Yes, uh, and I feel there's there's more and more people that didn't do an MBA, didn't went to business school and they're just, you know, fairly good at where they, they are doing. They have an idea, they have a drive, motivation, and they they just are part of the very small percentage of you know, population in general that are actually executing on the uh, on the idea. So you start to just do everything. And I feel that those that are able to recognize that, you know what? I'm not the greatest uh, at that. So I'm either going to partner up with someone else. I'm going to hire someone uh, with that. Uh, If you start, you have someone that is willing to help in return of, for free in return of no matter what, or do you associate with another small business that is, but if you're able to recognize what is your value exactly, as you uh, mentioned, uh, and compensate with other people that, that do possess the skill that you don't have, this is where you can force multiply and, and and grow for sure and and by growing some some people might not want to to grow a little bit like as i mentioned studio technique is it's another name name for samantha youssef it's totally you (laughs) when we think about studio technique we think uh, about you but you know you didn't created the website yourself there's many things that you're like you know what I'm going to, this is not, I'm not going to spend weeks to learn that. I'm going to delegate, invest myself, but I recognize that this is not a good investment in my time.
3: No, a hundred percent. I feel like I learned a lot from the conversations that we've had over the years too, because you've Mm -hmm. always been like building your business and, and, you know, and you were, I feel like you were always very like savvy about that too, about like delegating. And it really is like that's something that did take me longer and it's so key it just you have to find the right people or the right like you know i've had well, some it, bad delegation experience exactly it's tough because it's, it's tough. your it's own hard.
4: thing it's very difficult and it's yeah. tough to let it go and just say okay please don't break it yeah. I, I, I but you, do,
3: you have to or it controls you like and and then yeah. it, it i think at the end of the day it depending on this obviously it depends on the scale of what you're working like operating with but if you are dealing with a, a a significant number of clients or you know uh it it can it, it's it's going to it's going to decay the whole thing if you don't um but that's yeah. a hard thing i like i get like yeah it's it's hard to i feel like those are all skills and i didn't I, i've also recognized that i don't come like i have a family like my parents are like worker bees you know like like they just work and like but they're not running a business but they work, work 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 and they do not delegate like they're you know and i feel like i never had that kind of like immediate role models in my life or that understanding like oh you can delegate like you like it, it took me a long time i think yeah. to learn
4: and I think again you have to you you have to recognize that uh, it's okay to delegate. It doesn't mean that you're not good. It just means that you do recognize that there's someone else that might be more qualified to, to, to do it.
3: There's better value of where you can put your time instead of, spreading it everywhere yeah i think i think
1: part of it too is like if, because if it's something you built like you built a school and you want to make sure that your your students are being looked after it's not necessarily that you don't trust somebody else it's just that it's like you feel responsible right you feel responsible mm-hmm. for these students it's hard to separate that probably right i i would imagine and i bet, but the the, the the tricky part is is and this is a life lesson in general but how can you look after your students if you're not looking after samantha yusuf right like how can that yeah. how can that work you know I like what are the most not work it doesn't, it's like, <laughs> There's one of one of my my wow can't speak the expression that comes to my mind all the time in these kind of scenarios is this idea of if you're a lifeguard you always have to keep in mind you can't save a drowning person if you yourself are drowning like you need to absolutely always remember to be safe and take care of yourself because you can't save anybody if you're not and that is kind of key i think in like that that's that that wisdom sort of in in many ways is true about parenting it's true about owning a business it's true about like so many levels just even operating as a professional is you You got to look after yourself that's for sure
3: but it's so i mean honestly this is terrible to say this is the first interview i've done Mm -hmm. i don't know if you realize that (laughs) this or not that i wasn't sick like every time i've been on video or done an interview i would like like I remember and it's horrible to watch yourself on YouTube later but like literally I was like I'd have the worst flu or I was Mm -hmm. like burnt because I would travel like so another thing with the work that I do it just involves it or before this, the pandemic involved me getting on a plane a lot of the time to go to London to work with a VFX studio or get on a plane to go something like, like, and I love that. Like, I I do want to say that that is actually one of the things I love the most about my work, but then I'd come back home and somebody's got like, there's an interview scheduled I get super, super sick, but I'm like, I got to do the interview. And like, I was always packing everything in. And like, literally, it's like, you know, you're just like on all these Advils, cold and sinus, like my nose is <laughs> stuffy, but I'm like, nobody will notice. I did like a documentary Like, there was like a documentary oh, video that they, like, you know, and it's hard because when people schedule it and they're going to come, like, you know, you're going to meet and film and all of that stuff. Of course, it's very difficult with a production team or things like that but honestly like i've actually never done an interview that i was not sick and this is the first time i'm talking on video (laughs) not being sick (laughs) it's amazing
4: good checklist checklist exactly done which is like
3: going back to this point of like Mm. take care of yourself and like
2: yeah
1: yeah well, awesome. speaking take of taking care of yourself, it is, uh, it's been an hour and a half. I don't know how oh that gosh. happened, but it literally I know. has been an hour and a yes. half. There's so uh, many other things I wanted to get into, but like, we're just gonna have to have you back on the show, I guess.
3: Well, I would hint, love hint, it hint. because this is so much fun.
4: We could and... definitely do another hour and a half. Oh, yeah. for Anytime for I get sure. to
3: hang out with you guys is amazing. So if this is the only way that I'm like totally in.
4: <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's, that's Actually, it. I, I'd like to do a little something by finishing. I have a few questions, just super rapid fire, anywhere between 30 seconds and, and one minute. Okay, you're uh, asking so... the wrong
3: person, but I'll try my best. <laughs> yeah,
4: you can do it. Just, you know, the first thing that comes to uh, uh, in your mind. Um, uh, what advice would you have for students getting out of school? Oh,
2: shoot,
3: that's a hard <laughs> one. I, okay. I, I would say to, you know, like what we were saying before, keep it more about like professional, um, lo- maybe, Oh, research studios. I, I mentor a lot mm. of students that end up feeling like it's because we're encouraged to, I get that the message is out there, but, um, don't just make it about, like, if my artwork is so fabulous in my way, any studio would just want to hire me. You still, a studio is still looking for, yes, a unique voice and, yes, a great portfolio, but also that you can work on their films and and maintain their brand. Um, so I would just say that, that, like, look at where you're applying and and make sure that your artwork, your animation, like, it suits the studio but still keeping your voice, but keeping that in mind, it's still a job. So
1: it suits um, suits the studio, but it also suits you, Like, Make sure it's a good fit both ways. Yes,
3: Yeah. Both ways. Totally both ways. I just see a lot of students that it's more about, I, they think that if they're the best, then they get in, but there's a little bit of that too. So don't take it person. Like it's not, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's also like you could have an amazing demo reel and it could be flawless and, but it might not be what that studio is looking for. So it's not a personal thing. It's just that you have to know that they are looking for a certain thing too.
4: So related, but slightly different. Any advice for uh, people that are uh, in interview, interviewing for, for work?
3: Okay. I would say this again, what I'm looking for, or when I meet with a team, I think that the soft skills are starting to hold more value for me. Um, Getting a sense of, like, are you somebody that I can work with? Are you somebody that makes excuses for everything or is willing to just, you know, try something out, be open to working with the team? Again, maybe not taking things personally, but just being, bring your expertise, bring your ideas, but also uh, be open to working with people. I think that's... Um, something that I, see. maybe it's my personality brings that out in people. I don't know, but sometimes I see a defensiveness or uh, people making excuses again to defend themselves, to defend their work, but it's never personal. It's just, um that's what I would say. I would say like soft skills bring a lot of value to the table.
4: Awesome. How do you find inspiration?
3: Oh gosh, that's hard. Uh From lots of, that's <laughs> like 30 seconds. um <gasps> uh i think i think at the end of this so sorry okay can i can i ask for a clarification on the question would you say yes so so basically when the job or in my personal time to come up with things
4: no, on the job, a professional artist, you need to be efficient, and you know, motivation and inspiration needs to. when you are when not inspired? How do you kind of kickstart uh, this? Is there anything specific that you do to kind of force yourself to be in this state of that might trigger inspiration?
3: I think, for the most part, because unless it's like a free for all time, you know, like where you get to be in an early stage of like creative development of the film, where you can just throw your ideas out. Those things usually come through research, something that like the more that I immerse myself in understanding, like the world, then the ideas start to come. Like I get excited about it and I'm like, Oh, what if, what what about this? If it's already kind of established, which is most of the case that you've already got some kind of a overall direction for where it's going to go. Um, I find that it's the, the script or the story that that really motivates me. And I guess I work in reverse in the sense that I think about what's missing. Like, what do I need? What information do I need to help bring this character to life? What's missing that we don't know about? Or mm-hmm. So even if I don't feel like working, there's always – if it's not finished yet, if we haven't figured all that stuff out, there's got to be – like, there's something that's um, – that's missing and, and who that, that character is or, or what the story needs. Um, that's, I guess where I'll start. Like it gives me the energy to do something yeah. when I'm not feeling that creative, um, you know, light yeah. from the sky, <laughs> like kind of a <laughs> uh, thing.
4: Awesome. What would you say was your best work experience and why? I would and you don't have to. The,
3: the last yeah, go ahead. job that I just did was the best in my entire career surprise. Oh, sorry. i like, I gestured too much with my hands. <laughs> um, surprisingly uh, the, like, you know, it, I, yeah, it, it, like, it took all this time to even have that kind of experience. Um, I worked with a director that again, like it was, I think, you know, I think I hope they enjoyed working with me. Like I never, if they wanted something different, I was very happy to do that, but I felt, That this director had so much faith in me and my work. They put so much trust in me. Um, It was an amazing, it was, and it, it, I ended up doing more work than I was expected to. Like I I came in just like being asked to do some drawovers and it turned into doing visual Mm -hmm. development, full animation, like all kinds of stuff, overseeing teams. Um, They, they really trusted me. And, and that, And again, I I didn't feel like it had to be my ideas only. It wasn't like that Mm -hmm. it was all about me. It was about me making sure their vision worked. But that was a really, like that, I've never worked feeling that whole dynamic before in my whole career. It was really a nice experience. So I would say, yes, this last, which is not out yet. So I don't know how much I'm allowed to say about the film,
4: but it was a really
3: great experience. And the director was... um, I'm really grateful to have met this person and and worked with this person. So,
4: so to me, the interesting part of the question was why. And seemed that trust is the 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 big um, the the big thing for you, on the reverse, worst uh, work experience and why.
3: One of. <laughs> Like, I I mean, I know we had talked about this before, um, and I don't want this to reflect like all of the industry. And this is the sensitive topic thing of the day. Uh, I'd say the worst experience was a studio that I was working at part time. When I was in school, the director literally was always insisting that I sit on his lap when he reviewed the scenes. Um, I mean, I wouldn't, but then it would be like a fight, like literally a fight. And, um, and then I would quit and then he'd be calling me back for days and, it was so, and at the time though, like, cause his studio was so high end and it really opened doors, you know, to work at his studio. Like it was just, it was a really difficult experience when I was in school and the fear of being blacklisted because I didn't want to sit on this guy's lap and stuff like that. So I would say that that would fit into like, probably like one of the worst (laughs) um, experiences uh, especially you know being in school and stuff too
4: so it feels like the worst and the best are both personal uh, experience trust that you get on one side and a lack of respect that you have on the uh, other side yes
3: I would say that for me that trumps like in I mean uh, like artistically, I always like, you know, when I would say that when I was in school, what I thought would be the most important thing was working on the highest quality of project and the kind of stories and films that I want to tell. And that is still very true. But at the end of the day, I feel that the experience is so much better. Um, like, I'd rather work on a lesser quality production, but still have the facility to be creative, but with a great team of people. Um, because it doesn't mean anything like literally like I do remember like, I won't say anything because I don't want to label studios names, so I won't say the names of the characters or things but I do remember sitting there doing scenes like literally crying like closing my animation door and crying and trying to get through this scene working on the dream character that I always wanted to work on like always yeah. always so excited and I'm sitting there like crying and trying to just get through that project and survive and it's like is it worth it you know like mm. um because you can be an artist at home like you don't need a studio to make you an artist um and i think that took me a long time to understand that too that i i sort of defined myself when i started out by the quality of studio that i would work at or something and
1: i I just wanted to jump in here really quick um, just because, I mean, you're touching on a, on a, obviously a very big topic um, and it's uh, something that I'm glad. Yeah, we, sorry, we, not I, I'm glad no, I'm Yeah. It's like, this is the kind of thing that should happen and maybe the middle of it. And then we, no, that's it, not your fault. It came out naturally. And that, that's, that's great. That's what this, that, what's what these conversations are all about. I'm just wanted to say, guys, I don't, I don't want to feel like we're glossing over this, especially for people in chat. I think that there is like, I think it, it, this deserves a conversation itself. And I, I would hope that maybe we can have you back on the, on, on, uh, on the show again. And we can maybe, maybe, maybe make it that a, a bit like I don't I don't it's it's a it's a pretty big conversation, it's a big conversation, for you conversation. I know it I is. feel bad it's even big. like. no going don't into feel like bad this, no th- no but you
3: can't answer it in 30 seconds it's, right it's like big yeah that's it that's, that's my point that's my point because yeah. we're wrapping
1: up the show right now I don't want to give the impression that we're like <laughs> okay that's great so he sat on your lap okay moving on to the next topic we all, actually we got to go we're all out of time no it needs to I I just, I know the yeah. optics of this. I want to make sure that we will have you back if you're willing to talk about something I like would this. Love I love it. Because I think, I think that this is something like, I know, because we t- we had a bit of this conversation early before we started the live the live stream. And yeah. I think it was this idea of like, what's it like to be a woman in the industry? Like, and what what, what has that journey looked like? And I mean, we, all, we always complain about where are all the women in this industry? It's like, well, there's probably a reason, many complicated reasons as to why we don't see more. And I'd, I'd love for you to provide us some wisdom and some sort of like retrospective sort of guidance and, and, and sort of anecdotal stories that might give us might, might illuminate a path forward for, for women or young women that are, that are looking at this industry going, wow, I would love, that's a dream job, but something says that the environment doesn't feel very healthy for me. And like, I don't know if I want to put myself in a that position. That's a really tragic thing to think yeah. that there are young women out there that might not be following their dreams because they've been told or because they heard that it's not worth it. And to me, that is, that is, that's heartbreaking. I have a young daughter. She's five. So maybe it's, maybe part of this is coming from that, that thought that my daughter would not follow her dreams because it doesn't feel like it's a healthy no, I,
3: thing. I think it's so, also who you are as a big. person, like, I well, think you feel like that. Anyway, <laughs> well, maybe. <but laughs> because I'm
1: just, I'm a, I'm a big sucky baby. I am too touchy feely <laughs> and sad about everything. But I, the, the, so anyways, for what it's worth, I, I'm super happy that you said that you came out and just said something that's quite big. I'd love to come back to it uh, I, and, uh, and give it the proper I, amount of time.
3: I would always be happy to. And I think if I can, you know, like we were talking about before, I think the idea of like sharing some of your experience and giving a voice to people that maybe didn't like, no, they could have a voice That's it. about it or That's something. it. We can
1: talk um, about yeah. this now. I, I like to think yeah. That, yeah, that we can
3: actually talk there, about it. Yeah. We have to
1: talk about it. If we don't talk about it, nothing's gonna change, you know? And yeah. I think there have been yeah. some big, big shifts in the industry lately. And we could talk about that. There is I'd like to think there is Absolutely. some hope. Let's let's focus on that hope and let's focus on the past and what to avoid moving in the future. Like it's there's like a whole conversation about this that we can maybe even bring on other women in the industry that they, they, they can share their stories as well and make it a thing. Let's talk about it. Because that's what we do
4: here yep. on the show is well, talk about I'm stuff. I'm
3: happy to talk about that and okay. anything cool. else because I love talking. Let's do it. Talking.
4: Okay, I, so- have, I have this one that's going to oh, end well. on a, a lighter tone. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's what we like. We like lighter tones. <laughs> and this one, you have two minutes if, okay. if you want to oh, take more. Oh, okay, okay. I'll
3: try to aim for 30 though because my 30 mm-hmm. is always two minutes.
4: All right. Uh, <laughs> what do you hope your uh, legacy will be uh, when you retire and you move on, you do your little garden and you look back on – your own career and the impact that you obviously had? Um, what, what do you hope that would be? I,
3: I think I, what I hope is that my experience and I guess whatever abilities I've acquired, if people like my work or not, or, or like the knowledge and expertise that I've acquired, I hope that my legacy is being able to give that voice to other people like if i'm known for being somebody that was able to allow people to be the best artist that they could be and be part of that um that's i think that's what um would be the most meaningful for me to look back at like i I always do love like equally i I, like especially this project i just worked on and, and and hopefully future work like you know um uh I do hope that I'm remembered for the artwork that I do like on a personal level. But at the end of the day, I think there's so much talent out there. And I think that, you know, everybody's got something really significant to contribute, like nobody's the best or nobody's this. And so I feel like, yeah, if I were to identify one legacy thing, that's more meaningful, I would say that
4: um, awesome. that would be my, my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm not surprised because you've already been pretty generous in general, bo- both with your students and the book uh, and the uh, uh, consulting that you're doing at that studio and, and all that. So I'm, oh, I'm not you. surprised at all, but uh, yeah. It's thanks um, for
3: saying that. And
1: your time. You're generous of your time as is evidence of having uh been on the show for uh an hour more than an hour oh, and a half now. This
3: isn't generous because I got to hang Thank out you. with you guys. Well, come on, stop it. <laughs> please,
1: please, please, please do go on. No, I'm just kidding. um but yeah, so uh, I did just quick note, I have neglected to chat today. We don't have anyone operating uh doing any moderation today, which is why you might have felt a little detached. Uh, but Samantha so chat, is going to I'm come sorry. back anyway. Yes, we'll get you'll get your chance. Just and for the record, for the record, there is a pretty pretty loud outcry for that repeat performance to come back and maybe talk about this. Obviously, very, oh, very you, charged everyone. charged subject uh, that, that came up at the end, especially. So let's uh, let's make that happen. And thank you very much for your time. Thank you for being you, Samantha, and being so awesome and such a gift to this industry. And thank you, you David, as well for being here and uh, being your uh, tough question self, especially at the eleventh uh, hour. Of this I lo- love it. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. okay well that's pleasure. it that's the show thanks again um i'll uh, i'll see uh, i'll see everybody on the flip side and uh, we look forward to doing this again we have another interview scheduled i think uh, next week don't we dave yeah i think, yep. we think we do yeah, okay
4: pretty much every week from now on
1: it's good it's just be the regular so tune in next time thank you sam thank you david thank and
0: you. uh see you around
3: everybody. thank you bye, so much. Much. bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. Agora Community is a free resource for artists in the animation, visual effects and gaming industries, providing daily educational material, free rigs and assets. We also have a range of experts you can purchase affordable animation reviews from to help you level up your skills. You can check it all out at agora.community. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn for updates on upcoming conversations and free animation quick tips. So, until next time, stay tuned and stay animated.